Here's a little space for you, Greg. A little more space. I don't know about you, but I find myself asking almost on a regular daily basis, what shall I do today? I mean, I know the finer details. I'll be working from home, interacting with my family, but if I zoom out just a little bit, wondering how best to connect with my neighbors while still maintaining social distancing guidelines. Or if I zoom out further, how best to connect with my brothers and my sisters here at ECC of Lafayette while still honoring the stay-at-home guidelines. My job as the Connections Pastor here at ECC has become increasingly difficult as physical connections are unsafe in this current season. And so, I continue to open my eyes and my mind to the virtual world, trying to think of ways to live out my God-given call in this season. We're living in a new reality that we have never experienced. Never in my life has there been a time when the whole nation was asked to stay home, when the whole world was asked to stay home. I mean, sure, I grew up in Michigan, I lived in Chicago. There were times when the snow was so bad and the streets were so icy that the local and state officials asked people to stay at home at least until the plows were able to ensure that the roads were safe for driving. But we are going on seven weeks of being at home and ministry looks very different. So in our story today, there are people gathered together in Jerusalem from every nation. And their lives are about to look very different. Their reality is going to be completely unlike anything they had experienced before. And now the apostles are gathered in the upper room. And their ministry is about to be completely transformed. And we find the people of Jerusalem asking the question, what shall we do? So for a brief recap, last week we began our journey through the book of Acts. Acts is called the Acts of the Apostles, and it is a historical record of the early Christian church. The author is Luke, and Luke is also the author of the Gospel of Luke. But if we rewind even further, two weeks ago on Easter Sunday, we celebrated that Jesus had died and had risen from the dead, conquering death forever and leaving the tomb empty. And then last week in Acts chapter 1, we heard about how since Jesus' resurrection, he had been showing up over a period of 40 days, talking to the apostles and teaching them about the kingdom of God. And we learned that the kingdom of God is not in danger. Which leads us to Jesus sitting with his disciples on one occasion. So during that 40-day period, he's sitting down with the disciples over a meal. And he says to them, Do not leave Jerusalem until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
He said, this gift will come from my Father, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this gift, when you receive it, will empower you to be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But do not leave Jerusalem until you receive that gift. And upon delivering this command to the apostles, Jesus then ascends up to heaven. So Jesus had been showing up to his disciples for 40 days, talking about the kingdom of God, telling them, don't leave until you receive the Holy Spirit. And then he ascends into heaven. And then in Acts chapter 2, where our text is found today, the Holy Spirit has descended down from heaven. The gift that Jesus had been talking about to the disciples that would empower them to become witnesses to the ends of the earth has come down from heaven. And this all took place 50 days following Easter Sunday. So chapter 2 divides nicely into three sections. We have the descent of the Holy Spirit. We have Peter's powerful message. And then we have a brief glimpse into how Christian community works and how Christian life, look what it looks like. So scene one begins with the Holy Spirit descending from heaven on the apostles and it allows them to speak many different languages, thus fulfilling what Jesus had said, that they would be empowered to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I mean, at the time when the Holy Spirit descended, Jerusalem was filled with all of these different nations. And so the empowerment of speaking different languages fulfilled what Jesus had said. The day that the Spirit descended is called Pentecost, which comes from the Greek word meaning 50. 50 days following Easter Sunday, following the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But it also concludes an ancient festival, the Feast of Weeks. So for seven weeks, all of the nations would have been harvesting grain. And then to celebrate the grain that they had harvested, they'd come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Weeks, celebrating the harvest that they had reaped. And so, needless to say, Jerusalem was a bustling city. I mean, verse 5 of chapter 2 says, There were, staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. So when the Holy Spirit descends on the apostles, they were now able to speak in many languages. And so when they went into the streets, proclaiming the good news of the Holy Spirit, all of these different nations were present and represented in Jerusalem. And the people of those nations were able to understand what was being said. And they were amazed. Luke writes, each person in the crowd heard their own language spoken by the apostles. I mean, it says in verse 11, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own language. Some were so surprised that they were convinced that the apostles must be drunk. So Peter gets up and reminds the crowd that it is nine o'clock in the morning. Surely they are not drunk. But when Peter gets up to make his proclamation, this begins the second scene of chapter 2. He is proclaiming that what has happened today is exactly what the prophet Joel 
had said would happen regarding the Holy Spirit, regarding Jesus, his death, and his resurrection. And Peter shares the good news that Jesus had died for each and every one of the people gathered there that day. Peter proclaims the words from Joel, and it says in the text that the people were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, What shall we do? Verse 37, What shall we do? Peter has just proclaimed the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And the people who heard him were cut to the heart, which means they were overcome with emotion. They were deeply moved by what Peter had proclaimed in their response was that they wanted to do something, which is a pretty normal response. When we're overcome with emotion, we want to do something with our emotion. What shall we do? They said to Peter, and Peter responds in verse 38 of chapter 2 and tells them, repent and be baptized. I don't know how they would have responded to this answer. When I ask the question, what should I do? I generally want something to physically do, an outward action that's going to impact my society greatly. Maybe they were hoping that Peter would tell them to go forth and preach and teach the good news as they had just heard Peter do. But instead, Peter calls them to focus on themselves. Peter doesn't tell them to go out to the ends of the earth preaching and teaching the good news. He tells them to repent and to be baptized. Repentance is an individual expression of regret or remorse for the sins in our own lives. Each week here at ECC, we spend time in silence, confessing and repenting of the sins that we have in our own lives, and we connect with God through that process and through the words of assurance. Peter says, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you too will receive the Holy Spirit in that order. <laughs> It is essential that the listeners that day connect with God on this deeper level of repentance and baptism before they are sent out to bring the good news to the world. So maybe there's truth in Peter's response for us to take to heart today as well. That in this time of social distance and stay-at-home orders, we can spend time connecting with God individually on a deeper level. Calling forth those areas in our relationship with God that need some more attention. Calling forth those areas in our relationship with God that we need God to speak into. Or, maybe, it's starting a relationship with God. Peter doesn't send the listeners out until he is ensured that they are in relationship with the God that he is speaking of. Maybe this is where you're at today. You see the goodness of God all around you, but you haven't taken that first step towards a relationship with Jesus Christ. If this speaks to you, I would love to pray with you, 
and to talk with you about what those next steps look like in repentance and baptism and beginning a relationship with Jesus Christ. Peter shared the deep love of Christ with his community that day and they were moved deeply. If you are feeling a gentle nudge this morning, I invite you to start that relationship with Christ. I invite you to send me a direct message on Facebook, either my personal profile, or you can send it to the, the Facebook page for ECC Lafayette. All that message needs to say is, I would like to grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ. I will respond to you and I would love, I would be honored to take those steps, walking through what it would look like for a life of repentance and a life where you're baptized in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If that speaks to you today, please uh, send me a message. I, I can't wait to connect. But Peter doesn't stop there. Unfortunately, Luke seems to stop there. Luke, the author of the book of Acts, says, uh, in, he, he paraphrases greatly in verse 40, and simply says, Peter continued in many other words. That's it. We don't know the content of those many other words, but we do know the outcome. In verse 41, it says about 3,000 were added to their numbers that day. So as a pastor, I would love to get the transcript of those many other words because clearly they are very effective. Peter continues on in many other words and 3,000 people respond and then we enter the third scene of chapter 2. The last section provides an outline for Christian community. It says this new community devoted themselves to five things. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. And the fifth thing found in verse 45 says they sold their property and their possessions and they gave to anyone who had need. They did all of these things, and the Lord added to their numbers daily. In this scene, scene three, we see the awesome power of the Holy Spirit. From the descent of the Holy Spirit through Peter's strong message and then into this faithful Christian community, we go from a bustling Jerusalem where people are from every nation speaking different languages and seeing the people around them as the other to a place at the end of the chapter where the other is no longer a person from a different nation or speaking a different language, but the other is truly a part of this new fellowship of believers. We go from a group of apostles more or less hiding in an upper room to a massive evangelistic event where thousands of people are responding to the good news of the gospel. The awesome power of the Holy Spirit is so rich in Acts chapter 2. We see thousands of people for the first time starting a relationship with Jesus and sitting down at the feet of the disciples who were taught at the feet of Jesus. 
Acts 2 teaches us a lot, but one thing it surely communicates is that the Holy Spirit is not just a doctrine to believe, but the Holy Spirit is truly an empowering presence to be encountered. We learn that the Spirit is not just to make us feel good, although it does that, it is to encourage us and to lead us to declare the wonders of God to others through word and service. So back to my daily question of what shall I do? Sometimes it's easy to get discouraged about the current options, but I am fully confident that the Spirit is still at work in and through this COVID-19 season. A few days ago, I posted a simple question on Facebook. I asked, during this season of social distancing and stay-at-home orders, what have you been doing to fulfill your need for community? Now, the majority of the responses to that question had to do with serving our community. Personally, I'm not a fan of the terminology that we've been given about being called to socially distance ourselves. We don't need to be socially distanced. We need to physically distance ourselves, but we still need to connect socially. From the very beginning of Scripture, we see that life works better when we are together. In the Garden of Eden, God sees that it is not good for man to be alone, and so he creates a suitable partner for Adam. We are called to be together in community. We see this in Genesis, and we see it today in our story in Acts when the Holy Spirit came down on Jerusalem, that we are better in community. In fact, medical studies have shown that loneliness can lead to depression. And when you compile loneliness and depression on top of each other, the negative health, health impacts are significant. So the Holy Spirit descends on the people in Jerusalem, and after hearing Peter's words, they gather together in community. And this is where we find our good news for today. The Holy Spirit is alive and well. That's it. The Holy Spirit is alive and well in our lives and in our community. So we too should gather together and celebrate that community. In fact, I would like to encourage you to join one of our Zoom meetings this week. Here's a list of all of the Zoom meetings happening this week at ECC. If one of these meetings interests you and you don't have the password necessary to join that meeting, simply write in the comments section the name of the meeting you would like to join. We will be sure to direct message you all of the details for that meeting. So every Sunday at 9 a.m. before our morning worship service, we have an adult Sunday school class that meets on Zoom. Following worship every Sunday at 1 p.m., we have preschoolers and kindergartners hosted by Kristen Mueller gathering together to learn their Sunday school lesson. And then at 2 p.m., our first through sixth graders are also gathered together learning their Sunday school lesson from Kristen Mueller. 
at 3 p.m. starting next Sunday. We are going to be starting some connection groups. So we will be together reading scripture and then just talking about life and where we see God at work in our lives even during this season. This Tuesday, the 28th of April, Mops and Moms Next will meet on Zoom at 8.45 p.m. And on Wednesday, our Triple L Group, which is our senior adult ministry here at ECC, will be having a stay-at-home roundup at 1 o'clock. On April 29th, Wednesday, at 7 p.m., our denomination, the Evangelical Covenant Church, is hosting an event called Unite for Hope. That's this Wednesday, April the 29th. And if you would like to join that gathering, you can write Unite for Hope in the comments section. At 8 p.m. every Wednesday, we have an ECC prayer meeting that you are more than welcome to join us for. This Thursday at 12.30 p.m., our 7th through 12th graders are coming together for a game time on Zoom hosted by Carol Smith. That's Thursday, April the 30th. And at 5.30 on Thursdays, we have a pervasive prayer meeting also happening on Zoom. And at 7 p.m. on Thursdays, start every other Thursday, starting May the 14th, we will again have these new connection groups where we will read scripture together, talk about our lives, and see how God is at work in and through our lives. This Friday at 9.30 on May 1st, our women's ministry will have a first Friday's gathering. That's May 1st. And then every Friday at 1 p.m., we have a young adult hangout on Zoom hosted by Carol Smith. If any of these interest you, just type the name of that event in the comments and we will send you the information. So the Holy Spirit descends on Jerusalem that day and through the words of Peter, a beautiful Christian community was formed. They gathered together for fellowship, for meals and prayer. But it also says they gave to anyone who had need. So every Thursday, Rhonda Ohms is leading a group down at Bauer Community Center serving carry-out dinners to those in our community who are in need. If the Holy Spirit is compelling you to serve those in need in our community, I invite you to type the word serve in the comments section and we will connect you with opportunities to serve through our outreach ministry. So when we reflect on the question, what shall we do? And then we look at what the early church's response was to Peter's words. I think we are doing many of those things just in a new way. We're listening to the apostles' teaching. We're celebrating our fellowship. We're joining together in prayer and we're serving and giving to those who have need. We're also breaking bread together, both in communion as we did on Monday, Thursday, but also as individuals and as families. As we lean into this season with the Holy Spirit, may we continue to be a community filled with the Holy Spirit. May we continue to lean in with joy and determination. Let us not become lonely and depressed, but let us connect with one another and celebrate the life 
that we have in Christ. Another way we're breaking bread is next Sunday, during our morning worship service, we will be celebrating the Lord's Supper, communion together. So if you'd like to bring a cracker uh, or a small piece of bread and some juice, you're welcome to do that as we celebrate communion during next week's worship service. So God has blessed us richly with resources to continue being a compelling Christian community. And it is my prayer that we will continue to follow the Spirit's leading to further the kingdom of God in our community. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the words of the Apostle Peter, that first Pentecost, for the ways that your Spirit worked in and through his message to drive the people together in community. I thank you for the birth of the Christian church, for the ways that your Spirit has empowered us to continue living out the good news of the gospel. I thank you for the ways that you are working in and through our community even now. God, I pray that we would be attentive to your spirit, that we would hear your leading, that if we felt nudged today, that you would compel us, that we would have the courage to step forth and join a virtual meeting, to serve in our community, or to take one of those first steps in our relationship with Christ. It's in the powerful name of your precious Son, Jesus Christ, that I pray, and all God's people said, Amen.